always the big Twitter debate of uh, quote, LLC Twitter or entrepreneur mm-hmm. Twitter against nine to five Twitter. At the end of the day, we are all, we all have people who, um, we're beholden, we're beholden to someone and mm-hmm. we are responsible to someone, whether mm-hmm. you're doing that on your own terms, being an entrepreneur or whether you're in corporate America or doing a regular nine to five. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Tech. And you're listening to the Snob West Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome, 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 everybody, to this week's show. All right, uh, let's go ahead and, and jump straight into the show. Let's start with the lowdown, where we talk all things Apple. All right, so it looks like there's some new news um, around the Apple Card. So it looks like um, for the month month of March, which we just entered, um, the Apple Card um, has two new offers for um, new and current users. So it looks like... um, It's going to be 3% on all purchases through the month of March. Um, for select card holders and 6% for new card holders. Well, that kind of sucks. If you're already a card holder, you're not getting the well, 6%. Well, not the, not the 6%, which would have been nice, uh, but 3% on all purchases, right? Right. So with the original Apple Card, well, the current offer for the Apple Card was 3% on select. select things. So, yep. you know, certain retailers, certain categories would get you 3%. Everything else would just get you 1%. But 3% on everything through the month of March, you know, that is very, that is not very, but it is appeasing, uh, especially if you're using your credit card anyway, you know, that may entice you to spend a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or pull out your credit card when you otherwise pull out your Apple card when you otherwise pull out another card because 3% is pretty uh, competitive to like uh, Capital One pretty competitive to uh, American Express, Mm -hmm. you know, to where some of those were doing 2% on certain things. Uh, This is just 3% across the board, you know, so that's, that's pretty easy math. Yeah. Versus trying to figure out, okay, I get 3% at this store or two. Having to be mindful of where you buy to get the biggest benefit. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So, but again, that is the, the drawback to that, right? that is select card holders and i checked went through my emails uh-huh. <laughs> made sure and i did not get it so you know uh not everybody is going to be able to qualify for either of these offer uh, offers three percent or six percent because you got to be a six percent for a new card holder and a three percent on all purchases for select card members so maybe those offers are still rolling out across your fingers. Maybe, because I'm looking in the article as well and it's saying that there's a 10,000 max spend limit. So you can't just really just run it up. You right. It caps it off at 10,000. And are, are we supposed to get an email 
in regards to that, or is it something like in the app? Nope, because again, I checked. I checked all my notifications. Um, The promotion is only the Apple Card users who have an account between March 1st and March 31st, but it doesn't officially legitimately say how they are going to notify people. I assumed it was going to be an email. Um, but like I said, I've checked notifications and my, my inbox and I have, I personally have not received neither. So if you are out there listening and you did get this offer, you know, definitely hit us up on Twitter, you know, Instagram, Facebook, let us know if in fact you did get it. Right. Cause I just look now and all I see are just like my billing statements Seats. and my right. payments. Yeah. If you do have it, let us know how you knew you got it. All right. So um, the next thing I saw this um, earlier today and I thought it was um, very interesting um, as we know that there is um, a new version of iOS 14 coming out um, and iOS 14.5. The beta has been seeded to developers and there is a new item in the find my iPhone section. Um, or find my phone or whatever they call it these days. And it's an item and it's called items. So there's an items tab. And what people are presuming this items tab to be for and find my app is uh, is for tags. So it could be for third party tags, uh, third party like tile type um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. technology or the most, this the the largely talked about air tags that you know we've been talking about for a while that has been possibly coming or something similar but it seems like this new item that's in the uh find my app um is alluding to the fact that it will either work with existing uh type technology i think there's i think there's something called tiles that's out there Mm -hmm. and um if it could be a setup for for, for air tags. Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it's air tags. Apple's going to come up with their own version yeah. that you can put on. If, if, if not, I would assume it's built into some dormant technology that's built into, you know, maybe iPads, iPhones, Apple Watches, mm-hmm. MacBooks, or actually a physical thing, a physical device that you can attach to your keys, you can put in your book bag, you can put in your luggage. You know, you can put anywhere that you want to track something and then it'll use mesh mesh technology and bounce off of everybody's iPhone, everybody's iPad, everybody's Mac and be, create a network to where if your AirTag is even in the proximity of anybody's device, it'll find it'll it. That, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll ping. You a pro- yeah. yeah, it'll ping it and give you a proximity of where that's located, which makes perfect sense because they've got enough devices out yeah. there. I mean. I mean, do they? (laughs) I've got all kind of Apple products that could have this dormant sleeping technology awaken when the AirTag gets in the vicinity. You know, of course, you know, um, it makes sense for somebody like Apple to do it because the privacy is built in. You know what? With any other technology, you could be you could be concerned about, Okay, well, is Apple sharing my location? Are they tracking me? Mm You know, but Apple has done a good job thus far to say, you know, we care about your privacy. We care about your data. We're not we're not we are not tracking you specifically. Me, the person, you know, I they are tracking the actual device. 
right yeah. a, an anonymous person's location yeah. me as the person from apple standpoint you know as it relates to these air tags it's not saying oh terrence is near that thing that you're looking for it's, it's just five a b two five exactly. six seven some random, thing, random right? generated right. you know id code or something exactly exactly so you know if anybody is to make this super successful uh tile has done a good job of doing it but even still it still depends on the number of devices out mm-hmm. in the world apple is probably the first people that has a gang of devices out there that people a variety i mean and not just phones i mean you got tablets you got apple pencils you got mouse mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. literally everything in the ecosystem is right. linked so mm-hmm. like you said the whole mesh technology it just makes perfect sense it's it's right. built in and you know that even if the technology that they're using wasn't specifically for this type of of air tags they're probably mm-hmm. repurposing something that they've already built in to be able mm-hmm. to use this. So it's not like it's anything new that may have to be added to older devices or devices that are that are predecessors of, mm-hmm. of AirTags. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Anything, any device that you can find in Find My, you know, that's Apple's proprietary app to where you can find your laptop, find your AirPods. Right. Find your iPhone, find your Apple Watch. You know they'll use that for these Air Tags as well. And they've already got the 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 groundwork already laid. All they got to do is turn it on. Yep. You know, give you add some extra gadget that we got to spend our money on. Yep. <laughs> but then again, instead of using different technologies right now, I have a tile. I have a keychain that has tile uh, locator in it, and my wife has one of those little tile square tags that she can put in her purse. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use to find anything that's not our Apple devices. But I could easily see swapping those out for AirTags because I've already got Apple products. Right. And this actually kind of ties in and leads into our final story in the lowdown. So we talked about the uh, Mars rover um, last week. And um, it seems as if the current Mars rover, the rover that is on Mars right now, you know, scanning for life and signs and, and sending all sorts of images back to us here on Earth from 127 mils, million miles away. The rover is being powered by a decades old Mac chip. So um, the current rover is using um, a chip from the power PC era. And I know, mm-hmm. um, I had a power PC, um, what my nephew is now nine when he was about one or two, whenever I would work, he would want something to kind of peck on too. So I, you know, dug it out of the, the garage and gave it to him. I mean, it still booted yes. up and everything. And that's the iMac with the little colors on the back of no, it? No, it's the it's the power PC. It was the, oh, the laptop. It was like big and was like bulky. But yeah, so yeah, so I mean, this thing even nine years ago was working or probably still be working if he wasn't a child and broke the, the screen. But, you know, neither here nor there. But um, what the the way that they're using this, um, we're reading a, an article um, from uh, BGR and they're saying that um, even though it's not the exact um, same chip, it's the type of, it's the kind of chip that were used um, in IMAX from mm-hmm. the PowerPC era. So 
you know, iMacs, they had the iMacs that used the PowerPC, they had laptops that used mm-hmm. PowerPC. I think it was a G-Book or no, that was a tower. But in any event, um, they are using this chip um, from what the 1990s, late 90s, um, that is powering this billion dollar, um, this billion dollar, you know, robot. And, right. and the thought process behind it is it's a tried and true device. They know that it works. Um, they know that it can work in a variety of situations. And one of the biggest things is that it is resilient to a large amount of radiation exposure. Right. And right. you're going on Mars. You can presume what you think the environment is or what it's made of, but you don't know. And so I think it was smart on be on the behalf of the NASA researchers to use, you know, something of this effect, even though it's older. But it just goes to show how this technology is able to span, you know, a large amount of of technology and time to be able to put this as the base. And then on top of it, pile on all this new technology, um, you know, and it still works. Um, right. so I, I thought I was like, I saw this, I was like, well, this is pretty, this is pretty dope. Well, you assume that if they're going to spend billions of dollars and put all this new technology into space exploration, specifically Mars exploration, you would think NASA would have came up with their own fancy schmancy 128 core you know, Mm -hmm. processor that specifically created, specifically designed for the use of Mars exploration when no, (laughs) they're using decades old technology because you can kick it around, you can beat it up, you can expose it to radiation and it still kicks. Mm -hmm. So that goes to show, you know, just because it's new, you know, don't mean it's all that good. And just because it's old, don't mean you should automatically just push it to the side. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and it's just really, and the article itself says, you know, I know what you're thinking. How can this be true? Or perhaps why would NASA spend literally billions of dollars on a new rover and then slap a processor on from 1998? And it goes to exactly what you just said. It's tried and true technology. They know that it works. When you're factoring in all these different variables from this piece of hardware, you know, what could possibly go wrong? It's great to have a base of something that you know is going to hold up regardless of the the situation that you put it in. So, right. so yeah, I thought that was pretty dope for, you know, for, for it to come out that that's what they're, that's what they're using. So kudos to them. All right, let's head on over to Second String where we talk all other tech. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. They did an app <laughs> redesign. So when you update it, I'm not sure if anybody has noticed, but uh, when you updated your the latest version of your Amazon app, um, you got a new little um, icon, icon that looks mm-hmm. like a, a box with a little tab on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it looked a little problematic because... It looked a little Hitlerish. Um, so I don't know if you can pull up this while oh, yeah. I'm talking yep. to, to show people. Yep. My first response, well, and my I still hold it. I think since it's sensitive is not the word I'm looking for. 
Um, I think people, no matter what you do, somebody is going to find fault in it, pick at it, go through it with a fine tooth comb. And I just think that Amazon's app was the latest victim. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have never saw it personally. You know, I've seen the app, you know, when it first redesigned. And I didn't think to say, let me examine every inch, every pixel of this icon to see what's wrong with it. But that's social media. That's the world we live in. There are people out there who find great joy in picking things apart. So they were quick to, you know, say this resembles the mustache of Adolf Hitler. And as a result, you know, it got spread around social media and Amazon being a company is like, look, we don't want to make no waves whatsoever said, you know, it's not going to kill us to just go ahead and change this thing because the tab at the top is supposed to resemble the tape on the Amazon box. So if you've gotten uh, tons and tons of Amazon boxes over the past couple of months, you know, the 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 icon is very recognizable. Right. Um, but at the same time, like I said, personally, if I was Amazon, I probably would have changed it too because I don't want that smoke. Mm-hmm. But this, to me, it's like, all right, come on now. You mean to tell me that Apple, I mean, Amazon was under hot water because they used tape that if you looked at it hard enough, it looked like Adolf Hitler. It's like, come on, man, y'all, this is a lot. I know, don't get me yeah. wrong, I know Hitler was a terrible person, and I'm pretty sure no company wants anything to do even remotely to him, but I mean, this is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and I when, I when I first saw it, I didn't get that um, either. But I I don't know if maybe because of, um, you know, maybe it was more obvious to say someone maybe in the Jewish community, maybe it was more, I guess, blatant, I guess, to them, or it was something that was more recognizable um, to them. I don't, I don't know, um, since, you know, that's not my, that's not my heritage, but I, I think it's, uh, I think it's very interesting. And like you said, people are always ready to, to dunk on, you know, and I think a situation. That maybe that's what it is. I think, I think more. I don't think that people were offended by it. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not in a position to say that, you know. But, you know, work with me here. Um, like you said, it was the opportunity for somebody to find something similar to like how some of these hackers and not maybe even ethical hackers, not actual hackers based on doing anything malicious. Think of a, uh, a, a, you know, Apple puts out code, Google puts out code, all these tech companies put out code. And there are people who every time Apple puts out a new update, a new iOS version, whatever case may be, their sole thing is, Hey, I want to be the person who says, hey, Apple's so smart, they put out this thing, this new update, this new piece of software, and I was able to find, little old me, I was able to find this thing that Apple overlooked, and it becomes this big story, you get your 15 minutes of fame, then Apple has to respond, and they change it. So you doing that discovery is almost like a part of history, 
I can see that same being applied here to where somebody put out something, in this case, Amazon, put out an app icon, and the first person that figures something out, they get their 15 minutes, right? Right. So again, I could be wrong. It could be some super sensitive, you know, and super is not the right word because I don't, again, I don't want to minimize anybody's trauma yeah. or anybody's experience because I show don't want nobody do to do it that to me. me. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, that, yes, I can see it, but I think it's more, like you said, somebody trying to, you know, uh, first, you know, be the first person to, to notice this and then be proud that Amazon had to respond. Right. And um, I, while you were talking, I was trying to find something that I think uh, would probably be more uh offensive. offensive that just uh, that came out on twitter um so i don't know if you can see it i think my screen so essentially netflix has this um this new um show coming out with um with jim henson so mm-hmm. um why isn't it showing on the screen? It's showing on mine. Um, <laughs> it's just showing uh, the other screen. So I guess I'll describe it because even though I'm sharing it, it's not showing. It's weird. So it's this new um, show um, that Netflix is doing um, called Word Party. And so it has this cute little animation of this um, looks like a bear and um, she's standing in front of like a block and like kind of like a little drawing whiteboard. And it has the Netflix logo in the top corner. Then it, below that it has Jim Henson's and below that it says word party. So it looks like it's saying in word party, i.e. the mm-hmm. N word. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, that was something more glaring that would probably, uh, because it did, catch a lot of people's eye and a mm-hmm. lot of people were calling for for Netflix to fix it um I I couldn't find um the the Netflix um post about it but I did find you know when you do the searches in in Twitter it pulls up um all of the things so um it, I was able to find the image let me see if I share again if it will show it. It does not. That is very weird. It's only showing <laughs> the screen that I'm sharing it on, which is strange, but I digress. So, um, but yeah, so I, you know, in the in the whole thought process of um, you know, what's inappropriate, what's appropriate, um, I think, you know, that image was something that was a bit more, uh, I guess, egregious, egregious. That's the Mm -hmm. word. It stands out more to me. Again, I am, you know, probably not the target, uh, audience of to be, to be, to be angry. Right. Right. But, um, uh, but yes. So to me, that is one of the things that, um, and I, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you find it? 
Uh, I'm looking for it. I'll find it later. But uh, yeah, I was yeah. trying to pull it up in my browser, and what it did was it made <laughs> my Safari background uh, the image, and I'm like, oh boy, that is <laughs> not what I wanted. <laughs> That is definitely uh, not what I wanted. They could have <laughs> kept that, but now I have to figure out how to get it out. But in any event, um, to me, that's something that I think is probably a bit more. Um, but you know, again, knock, it's not my. Yep, you know, I'm not the, obviously, I'm not the you know intended anger group to be upset about but again you know there's plenty of stuff targeted at me that i would be like come on this is crazy and then somebody oh else would be like eh, it's not that bad so oh. i'm going i'm not going to you know you do unto others as you would have them do unto you so there it is if, if this was offensive and amazon said okay we are, are it was unintentional to be offensive but at the request of our customers whomever we've decided to make this slight change and Again, it probably took them all of 20 minutes to edit it to something more uh, pleasing. All they to had everybody. to do was move the either move the all they had to do was move the Jim Henson's word party to the other side of the picture. I'm I just mm -hmm. I'm sharing it now. Um, I'm not sure. Well, that that and the the Amazon icon. You know, if it's if it's that simple to be like, all right, just move the Amazon the the Netflix logo over to the other side of the image. That would probably mm -hmm. be the quickest way. Right. But yeah, so. That's something that's, to me, that's blatantly, you know, obvious. But again, people like to dunk on these large companies to say, look what I found. This is the worst. Do better. So, so yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, that is that. All right. Um, the next thing we have on the docket uh, is from Twitter. So, it looks like um, Twitter is um, doing more of a lockdown on misinformation as it relates to the COVID vaccine. Um, we're all aware that um, Twitter has been, you know, probably in the social media space leading it with, you know, adding their labels to um, during the election to false information um, post-election when um, people were uh, communicating uh, misinformation about the election um, but now they have begun labeling uh, the tweets for the misleading information. They've now added uh, COVID-19 to um, their, quote, strike system um, of, of, a, of calling out misinf misinformation because, you know, it's running rampant, especially people are, well, they said only one mask. Now they're saying two. They can't make up their mind. Not mm -hmm. People not using basic reasoning to be like, as we learn more about this virus that mutates in that current and that consistently changes over time, you're going to have to change what your base knowledge is based on the more information that uh, scientists gather as they study this thing. But, um, but Twitter has decided to, to again add COVID-19 mislabel uh, to the misleading information labels as well as remove accounts that repeatedly, you know, violate the rule. And I think that's one thing we didn't see during the election. You know, people would just get tagged. The same people would be saying the same thing about the election being stolen, 
votes being hidden, the president really won, whatever, 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 but they got to keep their accounts. It seems like Twitter has taken it a step above and said, we're going to label your tweets. And if you continue to do this, we're going to get rid of your account. And not only that, they're using human reviewers to access, to assess whether these tweets violate the policy against COVID vaccine misinformation. Like I was mentioning last week, you know, the boom of social media, you know, they're never going to put, get, get the genie back in the bottle because of so much consumer user generated content that they couldn't hire enough people to try to catch all of this information on the the misinformation on social media. But if they, I guess the way Twitter's looking at it is, well, we can put human reviewers um, if we can just tie it down to COVID specific information. Again, that's a tall task in and of itself, but you know, uh, to be able to not use bias of AI, not to use just a robot to blanket statement, any sort of anything related to COVID, factual or misinformation. Right. You know, they've decided to put human reviewers. So these are actually people reviewing any sort of content that they have flagged as COVID misinformation. And then it's up to this human reviewer to, you know, do the double check, do the research to find out if this is in fact legit information or if this they're spreading misinformation so this is almost a first um from what i've heard that they're actually putting human reviewers you know uh on the forefront mm -hmm. you know if you're ever if you've ever been you know put in twitter jail or facebook jail or what instagram or whatever the case may be you have to appeal as to why you don't think you should be in jail and then i think they may be escalated mm -hmm. to human reviewers to actually say, okay, this is legit or not. But it looks like with this story, with COVID and with Twitter, they're actually putting human reviewers on the front end and pulling up any COVID-related information, misinformation, and deciding what to do with it. Right, and it looks like, based on this article as well, we're reading from uh, NBC News, it is, as I mentioned earlier, going, it'll be a strike policy. So people with one violation or strike, they won't see any action. If you get two strikes, your account will be locked for 12 hours and five or more strikes and uh, you will get permanently banned from Twitter. Mm -hmm. So they are really stepping it up. I hope the people that they have um, reviewing this information, um, I hope that they have some you know, mental health protocols in place because looking at this stuff all day, every day, would it would have to drive somebody crazy or have them like on shift off shift you're on for two days mm -hmm. off for three days or whatever the case or may be shorter you know a couple hours yeah you know because that that you know i could i don't think i my faith in humanity <laughs> may be reduced yeah after trying to look through all doing eight hours of that a day that's crazy right. yeah <laughs> yeah because that's pretty uh pretty insane and you know that this comes with all types of other isms wrapped up in it. So you can only mm -hmm. imagine what, you know, one would see when it comes to this COVID, you know, information. Right. All right. Keeping up with social media, this caused a big roar on the actual Twitter timeline, even though it affected Instagram. So Instagram accidentally 
kid likes for a few hours and it sent all of the influencers and people into a tizzy. They could not deal. They could not manage. They went over to Twitter to express their frustration and their anxiety regarding not being able to see the Twitter accounts. So what it did was underneath the picture, it said, so say if you followed the same person, it would say Terrence and others near the Mm -hmm. like button. It wouldn't say Terrence and 150,000 or whatever the number is. It would just say others that replaced the actual count. And if you were to click on the image, it would say at the top of it, only the owner would be able to see the total number of likes in a different view. So even if, cause my thing was, I was like, oh, maybe you could see the total count if you clicked on others. So when I clicked on others, it just said at the top, it had the user name and it said, can only see, you know, total or counts or whatever. But then it listed out everybody that liked it, but oh crap. Um, but yeah, so people lost their collective minds and this was but only some, for an hour or so. It was but, only for a couple hours. There were some people who, you know, uh, welcomed the idea, you know, the story um, we're reading from Mashable. Some people, you know, did uh, respond positively, you know, uh, with this one person says, Instagram getting rid of likes is actually kind of awesome. So many people were addicted to how many likes they can get instead of posting what truly makes them happy. I personally love it. So... You know, uh, I can only imagine how people lost their minds. Especially ones that make money from this. Especially ones who make money from it, you know, which again, it goes to show that, you know, there are people who have figured out, and this is, you know, work with me here. This is (laughs) trying not to be a super long tangent, but there are people who have figured out, okay, I don't need a corporate job. I don't need a nine to five. I don't need a boss. I don't need a employer or company telling me what to do with this new social media platforms. I can go out here and make my own living doing things that I enjoy doing, posting about things I enjoy, whether it be, you know, coming up with an latest viral dance video to cooking, you name it. Right. Um, They have created a lane for themselves, a niche for themselves. They've made money. But what they kind of have done is traded one job for another because you are not beholden to your employer you're not beholden to your job you're not uh uh to your boss but you are beholden to instagram and random people on the internet (laughs) and and facebook and random people on the internet so sure you know your your boss is not limiting your hours or cutting your vacation short but let instagram shut down likes (laughs) you are as equally as mad as your boss cutting your hours for the week right. or cutting your vacation hour short or, you know. <laughs> exactly. That, it's still, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, whether you are, because, you know, there's the, always the big Twitter debate of, uh, quote, LLC Twitter or entrepreneur mm-hmm. Twitter against nine to five Twitter. At the end of the day, we are all, we all have people who, um, we're beholden, Behold, we're beholden to someone and mm-hmm. we are responsible to someone, whether mm-hmm. you're doing that on your own terms, being an entrepreneur or whether you're in corporate America or doing a regular nine to five, you're still beholden to someone. 
uh, you're still reliant on someone. I don't think other than people who are extremely wealthy are mm-hmm. necessarily beholden, even though they have shareholders and all that type of stuff. If you know, and they're still, and they're still, they're still the board, mar- people like me on the stock market that can run your uh, stock up or down right. just by me twiddling on my laptop. You're still, you're, like you said, the only people who, who maybe not is they've got so much generational wealth that they that can they just cut never, it off and say, I don't, you know, they got FU money never, as they call it. They can never spend the amount of money that they have. That they have access to. Mm-hmm. They have so much money mm-hmm. that all of the money that they have is making more money mm-hmm. and they're not even doing anything. Right. They're not, you know, it's not, they're not actively trading stocks or they're not actively investing in the right businesses with the right returns. Their money is simply making millions of dollars. Those people are not beholden to anybody, right? right. And even still, they may get on Twitter and say something stupid and then people, you know, their name is dragged through the mud. So there's still, you, there's nobody really right. that isn't beholden to somebody. So right. again, that's all the way around the world to say, you know, you, you still have to be careful, you know, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, people who have made money on social media, that's your livelihood. You still have to make sure that, you can survive. So if something like this happens where Instagram hides the likes or Facebook changes an algorithm Mm -hmm. or Twitter, you know, changes some, you know, license agreement that, that, that changes your content that, you know, Google ads changes their algorithm, you know, you still have to make sure you're insulated from things like that. And, you know, you still have the same problem that corporate people have, you know, corporate people, they may not like their job, you know, but they have to go because they have to make a living for their families. Mm-hmm. You know, people with social media, people say, yeah, you know, uh, can old job tell me what to do? Well, Instagram can tell you what to do. <laughs> Let them change something. They're telling you what you have to do and you have to change up, reformulate, rethink your whole plan. So don't don't think, you know, that just because you are a social media entrepreneur that, you know, you have, you know, arisen or, or you know, uh, uh mated from some sort of affliction right <laughs> corporate people you know have because you know something like this could mess up your whole thing so i can see i can understand i don't get it but i can understand why people are upset or something simple as instagram hiding likes right because that does have an effect on the type of content you post what type of contact people see the engagement it all goes back down to the bottom line. Yep, it definitely does. And it's one of those things where you just, I mean, we're all, you know, acceptable and beholden to someone, no matter how much you want to disconnect or say you are your your own thing. So, so yeah, they were definitely... Um, Bugged about that. They one. definitely <laughs> were. And I think... You know, Instagram did come back and say, uh, quote, we've been testing a new experience to high likes on feed posts. We unintentionally added more people to the test today, which was a bug. We're fixing the issue and restoring like counts to those people as soon as possible. So they did come back and say, yeah, hey, sorry, um, our bad. But at the same time, it's one of those things where I think this is giving you a clue into where, you know, Instagram uh, may be going. And I think it also gives the user, you know, it gave them a bit of a wake up call to say, hey, you need to find a way to cultivate your 
users, your followers um, in a different way outside of this app. Because if Instagram was to shut down tomorrow, what would you do? It's a lot of people who have Instagram businesses. What is your plan if this company says, you know what, we don't wanna do this no more, we're shutting it down. So to me, if I was a person who was an influencer or had an Instagram shop or a business on Instagram, it would be a wake up call to say, hey, let me find a way to get my the followers that I have to get their information, whether it be email or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, build out an email list, whatever it or is. text messaging. Yeah, something to not mm-hmm. lose those users and be able to further engage them on, say, your own website or your own blog mm-hmm. site. Because you can post you these same pictures and True. your comments and stuff on your own blog site. Even still, that's a crapshoot. Yeah. Because people are so used to Instagram. Yep. They're so used to Facebook. They're so used to Twitter. If you try to do anything different, you make people change their habits. That's hard. That's a tough, tough. sell. You know, yeah. you can you, you can say all day long, you know, um, every third post post on Instagram, you know, hey, trying to build my community to make sure y'all have access to my content, even if Instagram and Twitter goes down. Mm-hmm. Here's the link to sign up for the newsletter. You'll get exclusive content. All these little tricks. People still like still you, people still have to do that. Yeah. And you've seen it and we've heard it to where you know, if somebody even thinks about putting out the idea that, hey, we're going to charge you to use Twitter, people are going to be like, yeah, I'm not using that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And so that's why I say, if you mm-hmm. are one of these people, start doing it now. Start putting it mm-hmm. out there now so that your users or followers or whatever, however you call them, they can start to get that in their mind. So maybe you may not get all 100,000, maybe you'll get a fraction of that, but that's still better mm-hmm. than nothing if mm-hmm. Instagram was to shut down or disable your account because I've seen where people, they have already built-in backup accounts because mm-hmm. Instagram would just, for, I guess, a reason that they have that you may not know, you know, take your account down, so. Mm-hmm. And they, they've got to find a way to reach those users. So like you said, they create a backup accounts, yep. you know, so like you said, it all goes to show, you know, uh, you got to have alternative ways to reach your users, you know, reach your viewers or what have you. But even then, like I said, you are still it may it's, you know, same. Uh, the more things change, more things say yep. stay the same. Right. You know, you leave corporate, you know, because you hate your job. But now you're faced with, you know, I love my fans, but I hate Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same problem. Yep. <laughs> exactly. All right. That is it. For second string, let's head on over to For the Culture. And I have a question for you, Mr. Gaines. Uh-huh. Is COVID over? Uh, in the South, at least, uh, Texas and Mississippi are dropping restrictions. Atlanta is hosting All Star Weekend this weekend. What does this mean for the rest of the country? Do you think they're going to follow suit or continue with? the precautions that we already have in place? Um, it's, it's, it's sad uh, that these states, and for whatever reason, right, uh, Texas, Mississippi, Georgia, uh, there are a lot of Southern states um, that are deciding to ease restrictions if there ever were restrictions to start with, right? So the fact that a lot of these southern states, a lot of these Republican-led 
states, you could, there are some conspiracy theories out there as to why that is the case. You know, I'm not going to go deep into it because, you know, that, that could just be a conspiracy theory, you know, or there's a little truth to everything you hear. Um, I think overall, I think uh, there are a lot of states that are paying close attention to what Texas is doing. You know, Texas, their governor just said earlier this week that mass restrictions, any sort of restrictions related everything to everything is lifted as of March 10th. You know, uh, social distancing, you know, capacity, uh, any sort of yeah, capacity, you know, any sort of, like we mentioned masks, all those stuff directly related that were directly responsible for slowing or reducing the spread have been lifted, right? And let's just uh, you, also say to interrupt, he just got his second dose of the vaccine this did week. He really? Yeah. Right. So, so he's so, vaccinated. So that adds to the conspiracy theories as to why these particular states are doing it, right? But I think uh, I, I'm not an economics person. You know, I don't have any, I don't know the books on any of these states. But my guess is uh, some of these states, even California, that which is a blue state, right? They are starting to crumble or be crippled under the uh, amount of financial uh issues that COVID is uh, creating, specifically unemployment. You know, some of these states like Texas and maybe even California, they can't, they can't afford to support all these people filing for unemployment, right? Mm -hmm. Money's ran out. So it's almost like, well, we have to get people off unemployment or we have to reduce the number of people making unemployment claims. Um, so we've got to get these people back to work. We got to get them back to work. Our society, our capitalistic society cannot support supporting people. So we have to get them back to work so they can support themselves. So we got to open some things back up. I think that's the case with Georgia. You know, I think, you know, that's why Governor Kemp got so mad at the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, for, you know, um, putting these restrictions. And he tried to usurp her, which, again, a state's right. You know, that goes back to my conversation last week about, you know, Georgia flipped blue for these two senators, but it's still a red led state and state, the state can usurp all these state cities policies. It wants to. Yeah. So if, you know, if we want to change that, we've got to centralize our power, but even, so keep it moving. Um, I just think these states can't afford it. They cannot afford COVID. So they are opening back up. And, you know, economics over health. I think that's the old, maybe not directly. You know, I, I want to believe that these governors and these state officials are saying, yeah, we don't care about these people. I want to believe that. I want to believe that they're saying we are faced with this financial crisis. And the only way we know to fix it is to get people back to work. The only way we can get them back to work is if we lift these restrictions and then final thing and then i'll i'll turn it back over mm -hmm. um the education system the same way a lot of these schools are slowly but surely uh forcing teachers to go back to work to get kids back in school because the way these school boards and these school systems are set up is they need it's a quota thing to where they need bodies in seats in order to get the funding that they need to keep running and the only way they can get the funding is to get people back in the seats. The only way they can get people back in seats is to open these schools back up. So I want to believe that as equally as bad, 
the economics of the pandemic is forcing these states to open back up. So um, I think it's a little bit more devious just for me, especially for Texas. Okay. Texas uh, leadership, especially since it's pretty much Republican led, they have been getting their butts handed to them on how they handled this whole winter storm situation. I think it's partially a diversion to change the story of how horribly they responded to this, to the ice storm, to the snowstorm Mm -hmm. or winter storm or whatever you call it, um, to how bad their infrastructure is Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to this power grid. And I think this is one of their ways of changing the focus of the story. As Mm -hmm. you can see, since this has all come out, Nobody isn't really talking about what happened with the winter storm. The I get I give you that. The fifteen thousand dollar water bill, I mean power bills have gone away. Nobody's mm-hmm. not really talking about Ted Cruz anymore. No mm-hmm. one is talking about whose fault it is. Um mm-hmm. one of the I think power companies now filed for chapter eleven or something like that because of the storm. I think this is their way of saying, you know, let's change this. Look. It's time to open. We've been closed too long. Let's get things mm-hmm. back up and moving. I think it's partially that you're trying to change the narrative of of how badly they were getting hammered on the way of their response to this winter storm. And there are people who are still recovering from it. The same right. thing, I think, with Jackson, Mississippi. It's been three weeks since the the winter storm or whatever And Mm -hmm. there's still a large amount of people in Jackson who are having to boil their water because their infrastructure is so bad. And Mississippi is one of the other states that have lifted restrictions as well. Mm. As far as Georgia, I mean, as I said earlier, Atlanta is going to Atlanta. They were Mm going to do this whole, um, you know, um, all-star weekend thing regardless. I don't think there was anything that they could have done to to change it. And um, even though the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, was like, you know, hey guys, you know, watch it from home. Don't come here. Get out, there's no way. And <laughs> Atlanta's gonna be lit up. <laughs> so let me show you. So I follow this, uh, this Twitter account called Everything Georgia. And mm-hmm. so let me just give you a little peek into mm-hmm. what they have planned um people all over everywhere all over the city yeah uh-huh. and <laughs> it's not showing um well in any event even though i don't know why the twitter isn't showing the image okay here it is it's up this is a listing of the different mm-hmm. events, events. Uh-huh. so you have all of these artists at all of these different clubs. So you have Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. I don't know who Lil Dirk is. They're at no the door. I know who none of these people are. I know who Lil <laughs> Baby <laughs> is. Of course, I know Future. But uh, all these other people, oh, Gucci Mane, 50 Jeezy, 50 they're mm-hmm. all, each of these bullet points are at, at a different, different locations. Mm-hmm. And that's just for Sunday. So then mm-hmm. let's go. They have events starting on Thursday, Thursday as well. 
So this uh-huh. is what Saturday looks like. Bobby Schmurda and Meek Mill. Oh, well, he just got out. He literally just he... got out of prison. Um, <laughs> you have they, Like I said, they are starting on Friday. So this mm-hmm. is Saturday. All of these places, each bullet point is a different place. A different night. So that's Saturday. Um, okay, where is... Okay, Thursday. Yep. They mm-hmm. got some op- some things going on on Thursday. Friday. Bobby Schmurda's back. But mm-hmm. he's with 50 Cent this time. So it's just all of these people mm-hmm. and all of these different places. Some of these locations are pretty big locations. Like the compound is pretty mm-hmm. big. Um, opium is pretty big. Mm-hmm. And you know, Sweet Lounge. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are well-known places, and you know that they are not going to follow. They they haven't been. It, it, it's it's is not this is not anything. This new. is not so, new for Atlanta. Atlanta, I, I don't think Atlanta ever really closed. No. Um. So, um, I, on YouTube. I'm a car guy. You know, I like, you know, looking at cars. You know, I've got, you know, subscribed to a lot of, you know, car review uh, channels. You know, I like old school cars. And Atlanta, the South, is, you know, where people fix up their old, you know, Oldsmobiles, their old Cadillacs, you know, the Chevys. They put the rims on them. They get paint jobs. And to me, that's like an art form, Mm -hmm. right? I actually, you know, enjoy it for the art, for the culture that has been you know, developed around these cars. You know, you think of the $200,000, dollars $500,000 sports cars, but, you know, you can take $30,000 and get you an old Chevy, you know, get a nice paint job. And Some it's rims, like a whole, it has new it's, system. It's like a whole, yeah. And it's like a whole entire culture. Mm-hmm. You know, they meet up, they meet up, and the point I'm getting at is they meet up for car shows. And there are some popular YouTube channels that I follow to where all they do is they go around to these old school car shows and do video footage after footage, hours after hours. And I sit there and watch it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I say over the past three weeks, I have been beside myself at all of the footage that some of these YouTubers have been able to get of some of these car meets that have been happening over the past three, six months, as early as, as late as the Super Bowl. You know, even though the Super Bowl wasn't in Atlanta, it was down in Florida, you know, the footage that people were able to capture was from all of these car shows where all of these people were gathered, hanging out, looking at the cars, Mm -hmm. you know, COVID be damned, right? So I can imagine that something like the NBA All-Star Weekend in Atlanta, COVID or not, was going to be crowded and like you mentioned you know bringing it back to your subject at hand you know it was going to be this way uh uh even if COVID wasn't around but again what makes it so surprising is the fact that you can just you can picture in your mind all of these people crowded together standing next to each other no mask on because the mask is gonna mess up your outfit and all standing on top of each other at all of these clubs, shoulder, shoulder room only. Yelling, and screaming, sweating, all breathing, 
all on each other and it just adds up to you know we're going this virus is this pandemic is going to be with us longer than uh it should it had to be yeah it, it, longer than it had to be yeah. simple as that it did not have to be this way especially when you look at new zealand when you look at australia those countries are back open pre-pandemic because of their leadership and the way they handle it they took it serious they literally shut everything down they paid again, people to stay home uh-huh. and they and did you, you, and now they're back and you go right back to my point that i was making earlier that our country our society is not built on supporting people nope. is built on people spending money yep. and if people are not spending money our cities our state our nation has a tough time dealing with things like this to where you have to support a lot of people mm-hmm. you know so i mean these restaurants these lounges these clubs that you are showing and we've talked about you know they haven't uh, seen this type of uh, attendance in months. Now, people have been coming doing events because I've mentioned mm-hmm. Atlanta hasn't shut down, nope. right? But the type of attendance that they need to stay uh, profitable, you know, this is probably the first weekend and they're going to take advantage. Oh, yeah. And it's, and, and, they're going to try and make up as much ground as they can. And if I own one of these clubs and I was digging into my personal savings, trying to keep the lights on, trying to keep employees, you know, with some money in their pockets because, you know, I feel responsible, you know, for their well-being because I am the owner of the establishment and, you know, I have a conscience. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel bad about not being able to get my employees money. And then All-Star Weekend drops in my lap. I'm going to open up too because it's like I can't I I don't want to do that to my employees. Now, again, as a side effect, me possibly exposing those people to this pandemic, this this virus that may actually kill them, it's like I can't think that far down in advance right now because right now all I'm concerned with is making sure they got money to feed their families. I'm in fight something mode. Like this, right, right, right. And something like this pops down, I guess we got to open up because if we don't open, somebody the club else next will. To us, they're going to get that money. Get, right. And then my employees are going to see that. They're going to go work for them. And then I'm, you know, just out. trying to save this business mm-hmm. that, you know, that I may not be able to save for next month. Yeah. yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So, um, anybody in uh, the Atlanta area, you may want to make sure that uh, you stay in this weekend because it's going to be um, quite busy. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> a lot. So, uh, you know, prepare yourselves and uh, try to stay out of downtown. Uh, try to stay out of midtown. <laughs> and, and I mean, you got to laugh, right? One of these one of the responses was to this picture. Uh, they, they said, uh, and I quote, uh, shit going to be dangerous out there. No cap still may pop out. <laughs> it might kill me. I might die, but you know but, what? But it sounds let fun. Me what let me check it out. About. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Our people, boy. <laughs> what? If anything, we're going to have a good time. It might kill right. us, but we're going to have a good time. <laughs> it's like your parents, you know, you know, you. You stayed out too long because you because your street lights are already on. You stayed out. You're already it in makes, trouble. It makes no sense to go back uh, at eight oh one p.m. You might as well stay out till ten because you're gonna get the you same, same trouble. Same punishment. Oh, 
unfortunately, in this situation, punishment is death. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I think we're all COVID out. You know? Oh, God. So, so much. So much. All right. Let's head on over to the hookup. What do we have this week? All right. Well, um, I just finished my annual uh, purge to where I go through my computer and make sure I get off all of the files that I haven't used or just flat out old. You know, um, I, you know, on my side hustle, I help people with their computers, you know, Apple support, things of that nature. And most of my clients, when they complain that their computer is going slow, takes so long to start up. Anytime I open up a browser, it takes forever. If I open up, try to find an application, it takes forever. Nine times out of 10, I can point back to your hard drive, your storage being full. You have too much stuff on your computer. The computer's having a hard time to operate because it has to sort through all that crap, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, you got to get that old stuff off your computer. So me being the person that I am, you know, I got to take my own advice. So every year I go through and get off all of these old files I put them on an external hard drive because, you know, I don't want to delete some of it. There's some stuff I probably could delete, mm -hmm. but I <laughs> hit me hitting the delete button. It's like I can never get that back. So I as as nostalgic as I am not, there are some things to where I just won't get rid of. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting rid of it, um, I put it on an external hard drive. I suggest everybody do the same once a year. Dig through your files. If there's anything 2018 and older uh i'm pretty much sure you're not going to use that anytime soon so put it on external hard drive so my hookup is not only that advice to every year clean off your computer but i found a five terabyte external hard drive it's not one of the big clunky ones it's a portable five terabyte external hard drive it's like 100 bucks on amazon so I went ahead and purchased it. And like I said, I just completed moving all my archive files and I name it and I've got it, got it named. This is my archive hard drive storage to where it only files that go on it is the files that I'm not using anymore. Mm -hmm. So these are not files that I may go to, you know, these are not files that I just want to back up my computer. I have a whole nother hard drive just for backup. This is a specific archive drive and like i said i found a five terabyte so that should be more than enough, more than enough. For, for your average you know macbook to where you can plug it up you know once a year and move all those files on there put it in a drawer make sure you encrypt the hard drive with a password so you know if somebody just happens to break into your house and get the drive they still need a password to access it but uh like i said this uh five terabyte hard drive is from seagate uh like i said it's 105 bucks and it's on amazon so you know, if you are um, listening to the show, you know, we'll put the link in the show notes to where you can actually get that. And we'll also put it on the website as well. So if you're watching, you know, you can go to our website, click on the link in the show notes and get this uh, hard drive from Amazon. Awesome. All right. I think that's it for this week. Um, definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at SnobOSCast everywhere. Also, make sure that you watch us on YouTube at SnobOSCast. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Help us out there. Also, um, you can leave us comments and suggestions either on our website, 
um, snobboyscast.com or shoot us over an email at snobboyscast at gmail.com. Also, we do um, a, a live pre-show. Um, we have access to the live taping of our show and we also have a community chat. You can get access to this by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash for only $5 a month to get that additional good content that we provide. If you aren't ready to long-term commit to our Patreon, you can definitely drop us off a little something something over on PayPal. We're at paypal.me slash snobos. And I do believe that is it for this week. That is it. All right. Uh, to, all, to all my Samoondans, <laughs> my Samoondan <laughs> people, I will see you uh, this Friday. See you this Friday. Bye, everybody. Bye.